0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. No what your faith is, uh, what you celebrate, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and uh, just live life to its fullest. Oh yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives the name of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me uh, next half hour or so. Uh, I think we're back on track yeah so yeah you know, i'll i'm recording this late monday into early tuesday i'll do it again uh with late thursday into early friday and then back at sunday but uh, just it was hectic last week now i can decompress a little bit because it's my week off uh no no big timetables to hit which is nice uh, it's almost a holiday in itself and uh, i'll get to that here in just a few moments happy hanukkah by the way of those uh, to those of the jewish faith uh, I know it's a bit stressful out there uh, for some of you and I do unfortunately have some stories that uh, kind of confirm that here later on the podcast get to that all in due time but uh, if you do celebrate menorah light up those uh, hanukkah if you celebrate hanukkah light up those menorahs proudly spin those dreidels proudly and y- you know do what it is that makes you you or is at least a part of you that makes any sense. I'm sorry if I sound like a hippie or something. I just, uh, a little tired. Uh, it was, it was a fun day. Um, uh, my recording this, like I said, late Monday into early Tuesday. My sisters came up from Florida. Uh, Kelly, her husband, Jared, and my other sister, Tracy. It was a blast. They spoiled my kids' rotten. Uh, girls got a bunch of frozen stuff. My son got a bunch of Paw Patrol stuff. Uh, they had to put up with me going to the. F- to Verizon to get my phone finally upgraded. I don't even want to get into that. It started Saturday, wrapped up today. Um, and then uh, we went out and got stuffed with Mexican food. It was awesome. Always love Mexican food. Love seeing them. And uh, they they actually paid for our meal. Like we were going to split up the bill. And uh, Jared, like, straight up looked at me uh, when I was trying to make the offer. And he goes, No, the only thing we're splitting is the leftovers, man. <laughs> So they they took care of it, which was just, uh you know, we're we're gobstruck by it. So uh, thank you to them, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully uh, they get back down to Florida safely, and we can do it all again. You know, and, and and while I was digesting the Mexican food, that was just in my stomach. Thrilling Monday night football game, uh, uh, Jags and the Bengals. Bengals vanquished the Jags in overtime. Bengals using a backup quarterback because uh, Burroughs pretty much sidelined for the rest of the year. His arm's in a sling. Jags, unfortunately, lost. their uh, uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence went out of the game, and he looked like he was in pain. Uh, what they're saying, though, is it's a sprained ankle. So there's a good chance he might be back on the field here in about a week or two. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they sidelined him this week. Just to keep them so safe and healthy for the playoffs, because even though they lost tonight, they're still leading the AFC South. As long as you keep a decent lead over the Colts and the Texans, you're you're golden. But uh, yeah, it, it's kind of scary because when uh, Trevor Lawrence went down, of course you're thinking across the field, the Bengals they lost Joe Burrow, and I'm thinking as a Colts fan, we lost Anthony Richardson. And yes, uh, ABC, ESPN put up the chiron uh, of all the, uh, the quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks that are no longer starting this season due to season-ending injuries. And it's like a, a fourth of the league. It's crazy stuff, man. Um, it was crazy. Uh, I, I watched part of the game last night, uh, yesterday uh, before it became just an all-out route. San Francisco 49ers uh, blew out the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, the, you know, it, Eagles, uh, they're still technically on top of the NFC, but if they went head-to-head with the 49ers in the playoffs, who boy. Uh, but it got tense. Uh, there was a double ejection in that game. Uh, a little scuffle, a little uh, – somebody threw fisticuffs. It was a linebacker uh, Dre Greenlaw from the 49ers. Uh, he got into it with the head of security <laughs> Dom Desandro for the Eagles. Um, and when I first saw this dude, I thought he was just like an assistant coach. But no, they're, they're like, oh, that's the assistant. That's the head of security for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I guess you would need a security detail guy when you're uh, dealing with a bunch of players, especially when some of them are multimillionaires. But it just it seems fitting that the Eagles would have a chief of security, considering it's Philadelphia. But uh, because of that, both Greenlaw and Centro got thrown out of the game. Um, it was Yeah, like I said, it was a little tense, but uh, I think they should have just allowed him to go out in the parking lot and finish it out with uh, broken pull cues. That's what you do. I, I brought this up on Facebook. Somebody said, yeah, you know, peak physical condition athlete going after a fat dude. Uh, how do you think this is going to turn out? Hey, man, I don't care what physical condition you are in. If you get a fat dude on top of you, it's kind of hard to get him off. Regardless of how much you bench, because well, they're a fat dude. Uh, but it was a fun weekend of NFL <laughs> Shit. and yes, the uh, the Colts beat the Titans. I was it, that was that was a crazy game, and uh, they're still in the playoff hunt. All right, speaking of playoffs, college football, uh, because there's a lot of gnashing of teeth about this. Uh, it, it, it got weird because Alabama, a one-loss team, beat. Uh, a formerly undefeated team, Georgia, to win the SEC, and that pretty much eliminated the two-time champion Georgia Bulldogs from playoff contention. Uh, which just it, it shook college football. Uh, but I think at the time Alabama was ranked eighth, so they springboard up to basically number four. They're taking on Michigan in uh, the first uh, of one of two playoff games, and then Washington. And uh, Texas in in the other playoff game. But uh, the undefeated ACC champs Florida State got left out. And a lot of people are upset about that. And so they, they and Georgia are pretty much in a, in a uh, consolation game. Uh, and I'll uh, get to that here in just a few moments. But uh, you know, a lot of the ire is dr- directed at Alabama, and I get it. Um, a little bit because for for a while it looked like Alabama was not going to make the playoffs. They did. They beat. It, it's kind of hard to deny a team though that beats the defending two-time champions back to back of the nation, Georgia Bulldogs, who's undefeated, number one in the country. You beat them in the SEC championship game. You win that conference effectively. It's kind of hard to deny them a playoff slot. I hate saying it, but it's it is the biggest football conference in college football right And I don't want to turn this into sports talk, mind you, but I'm just I'm hear, hear me out here. So you got Alabama now in it uh, but a lot of people think that Florida State should be in it but let's let's uh, play devil's advocate here. If Georgia won, it would still be Georgia uh, it would still be Michigan, Texas and Washington. Florida State would still be on the outside looking in, and Texas has one loss. That, um and and you know they would direct their ire toward Texas. I think it's more of an ACC problem. And Florida State's got a great defense. Don't get me wrong, but uh, now they're playing Georgia, who's now not going to win the national championship. And Georgia is already um, a uh, what was a thirteen and a half point favorite over them. Two touchdowns. It's crazy. Uh, In fact, uh, somebody did the odds. I think ESPN bet. bet. Yeah. Uh, And they ran the odds if Florida State went head-to-head with each of the four playoff teams. And the closest team they come to beating is Washington. And Washington is a six-point favorite in that matchup. I think Michigan and Texas, uh, well over 10 points. Uh, and that's not to say if you're an underdog, you can't win, but the deck is stacked against them. And I know the ACC championship was kind of a sluggish thing to watch because I was flipping back and forth between that and uh, Michigan routing Iowa, just routing Iowa. Uh, Big Ten West, whew, that's you, that's like the AFC South of college football divisions, subdivisions, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so moving on from that to uh, holiday cheer, couple Christmas stories here. And like I said, I got a a couple, I got one pertaining to Hanukkah here coming up later in the podcast. Uh, A little more of a rant on that. Um, But uh, Home Alone, memory serves me correct, that came out in, what, 1990? So I would have been 10 years old when that was a big hit. Um, And it was a big, huge Christmas movie. Uh, But in one of the scenes... Kevin McAllister. This is getting toward the end of the movie. He goes out grocery shopping and gets a bunch of groceries. And uh, let me let me look this up here. I got it saved on my phone. But basically, in this scene, with coupon, he buys a TV dinner, a loaf of Wonder bread, frozen mac and cheese, cling wrap, uh, half gallon, two liters of milk. If you're a British, half gallon of orange juice, which is expenses of his. F uh, tied laundry detergent, toilet paper. He bought all of these things for 1983. He hands the gal a twenty dollar bill and was able to walk out of the store with all this. Now, somebody on TikTok actually was useful for a change and broke this down because this is 1990. He's buying all this crap for it. Okay, so you factor in inflation today, just to kind of give you an idea of where we're at. Thirty years later okay 30 years later how much more do you think that's all is uh, 63 73 before tax which would bring it up to 68 dollars that includes the one dollar coupon he hands the uh, the cashier 68 bucks for something he was able to pay for with 20 dollars Back in uh, 1990. That is a three and a half times price increase right there. Um, and granted, that didn't just happen over the course of the last few years, but I'm sure the last few years didn't help all that much. You know, in a, in a scene earlier in the movie, uh, he, he gets in trouble for shoplifting a toothbrush because he's afraid of somebody, right? Uh, <laughs> if he saw those prices today, he'd be shoplifting those things. And I got news for you. It's Chicago. Nobody's going to stop him. He's just going to run out of the store, and they're just going to be like, "Oh, hey, stop, police, whatever." Blah. But yeah, I'm looking at this laundry, this this grocery list. Half a gallon of orange juice. That alone would have to be about five bucks. Um, uh, And I don't have all the exact breakdown, but I did make a special note looking at this list. Tide detergent, thirteen dollars. Now. $13, $13, and yet here's Kevin McAllister buying basically uh, you know, a bachelor's grocery list for a mere 20 bucks back in 1990. We were kings, and we did not freaking know it. We were kings. All right, so moving on. The Queen of Christmas is no longer the Queen of Christmas. We have a new Queen of Christmas, and by that, I mean somebody who's been around a bit, 78-year-old Brenda Lee. 65 years ago, put out the iconic Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree." It is number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It is, yeah. Um, 65 years later, this is the first time this song has hit because I think people are tired of hearing Mariah Carey. <laughs> and of course, I'm I'm sure uh, streaming numbers help that too. But it's but it is a it's a catchy little tune. It's it's very well done. She sings it very well. And so she's got uh, kudos here, but uh, I got me thinking back to Stranger Things season what four? Season four, where you had Kate Bush uh, running up that hill from the eighties and Metallica's Master of Puppets. Uh, those two songs just they they had a resurgence in popularity. So you know there is a bit. Of that nostalgia, of, of wanting something that's familiar out there uh, among listening ears, among wandering eyes when it comes to any sort of pop culture. Because let's face it, a lot of pop culture today sucks. There are some exceptions, but there aren't a lot of iconic songs, there aren't a lot of iconic movies, there aren't a lot of iconic TV shows. We go back to the past because it's familiar. That's when pop culture was in mass and not fragmented by streaming but uh, congratulations kudos to brenda lee uh dethroning mariah carey for just a little bit and also for not writing wonderful christmas time uh because that that song is a piece of shit so spotify uh notorious for not paying its artists uh not giving the artists their due they're not making a lot of money uh they i guess uh they gave a little bit of a royalty check to Taylor Swift, uh, Tay Swift, of course, of uh, dating Travis Kelsey fame. I'm sure she's done some other things, too. Uh, but uh, all that music, all that touring with the Eras, um, she was only able to get a meager $100 million payout from Spotify from, uh, from all the songs recently streamed on that service. O- only one... Zero, zero, comma, zero, 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 comma, zero, zero, zero dollars from Spotify. Well, it, it, more accurately, $97 million, but still, that's that's not bad. Uh, I could live off of that. I think a lot of us could. Uh, so, yeah, Slay Queen, she is the artist getting paid by Spotify. You know who's not getting paid by Spotify? Uh, a bunch of their employees after giving all that money to uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, this holiday season, they are letting go 1500 employees. They're laying them off to show profitability coming up in the fourth quarter. They showed a little bit of a profit in the third quarter, but you know, that's that's the numbers game. Profit would imply that you're out there making more revenue and showing that you are making more money in the marketplace, but they're cutting corners trying to show profitability. So it's basically a shell game, they're getting rid of all the people that, uh, they claim they don't need any more. And, you know, they're firing these people. And they're giving Taylor Swift this big paycheck. And a lot of people are quick to point out, well, no, no, that's, that's her royalties. That's uh, She's not the reason why this company is going under. Or, you know, not uh, you know they're firing people. Oh, really? Because I, I remember when uh, Joe Rogan got the big paycheck from Spotify. Uh, that you were talking about how it was unfair that... You know, so many artists don't get paid and, you know, employees are underpaid, but Joe Rogan gets all this money. Yeah, the, the, there is kind of a glaring double uh, standard among the uh, the Swifties and uh, those who uh, are in the real world. I mean, she earns the money great, but this, again, with Spotify, I mean, I've been making this uh, this point with uh, the video streamers. You know, they can't make a profit to save their lives. And here is true with Spotify. Uh, they're, they're, they're complaining about how artists aren't getting paid. Well, there are people that don't make as much as a musician that aren't getting paid anymore because, uh, you know, the, the CEO says, bye-bye, adios, farewell. Uh, another ba- a- another group saying adios and farewell, at least for now, is KISS. Uh, they finally did their final, 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 final farewell show of their final, 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 farewell tour. It was uh, Madison Square Garden, I believe. And it looks like they've called it quits. Or have they? See, uh, because when they got off stage uh, up on the screen, their digital avatars were up there singing God gave rock and roll to you. So, the the gist of it is, you know how like we have hologram Dio and hologram Tupac. Now we've got avatar kiss and Those avatars will now go on tour I guess and sing all their songs. Basically uh, You're going to go out and watch a a a simulated answering machine It's not the real thing Uh, but Gene Simmons uh, You know that dude can't say no to money. He can't say no to fame. So uh, he's going to do a little less for now and Let the avatars do the work, and there are people that are going to pay money to go to these shows And again, this is about as pointless as watching a, a a holographic Ronnie James Dio. It's not the real thing. That's what makes the experience so unique when you go to a show you're seeing these musicians perform live and you know that there's only so many years in the human lifespan um, and unfortunately, there's been some musicians I've seen live that are no longer with us. But if there's a hologram popping around of Chris Cornell or Scott Weiland or Tom Petty, uh, it wouldn't be the same as me seeing them live years ago. And you know, I know there's some bands I never got to see live, like like the Ramones. I would have loved to see seen that band live. Didn't get the chance. All four of the original members are gone. A holographic Ramones tour... Just uh, it just doesn't appeal to me, doesn't appeal to me. But what do I know? I'm not I'm not a kiss fan. Oxford, Oxford Dictionary word of the year. All right, uh, and you know it's going to be a very cromulent word. Uh, it's going to be a very sophisticated word because after all, dictionary. It's going to be a word that uh, all all the intellectuals use, and that word is riz, spelled. R-I-Z-Z. I I saw the headline, and I'm like, uh, why does this word look a lot dirtier than it is? Riz. You you can use your imagination. So, of course, I had to read the article, and uh, I think I lost a few IQ points doing so. Riz is short for charisma, by the way, and I think Tom Holland brought it up um, uh, in a recent interview. And so, Riz, a word that you've never heard any of your coworkers say, you probably haven't even heard your kids say it. Uh, you haven't heard your family members say it. Your neighborhood—it heard It is the word of the year because a celebrity said it. And now uh, Riz is going to be used all over the place. And you're going to hate it as much as Yeet. By the way, nobody knows what Yeet means. You can't say Charisma but you, because you can't spill, spell Charisma. Today's youth can't spell Charisma, but they can spell Riz. R Z R I Z Z. Easy enough for me to spell. Riz doesn't sound dirty at all, not at all. Short for charisma. Uh, good luck with that. All right. So this kid in Britain, uh, I, I gotta be careful because I went on that rant last couple of podcasts about the uh, the young Chiefs fan uh, who was falsely accused of wearing blackface. And then, uh, you know, they jumped on him for wearing the uh, the Native American garb. When it turns out, uh, this kid's dad is Native American and a huge Chiefs fan. So, you know, it looks like Deadspin's getting getting sued. I, I just don't like picking on kids. But this kid in England, I'm not picking on him, first of all. He looks to be a bit on the nebbish side. You know, a little nerdy. Okay? I'm a nerd. I grew up nerdy. I grew up awkward. I get it. Bullies suck you know, you you have things that you love more than a lot of what these bullies like. But he, he kind of looks like the kid who's studious. He's got the glasses. Uh, but uh, he's taken issue with Apple's uh, nerdy emoticon. You know, the, the big, thick glasses and the buck teeth. And he wants to change it to make it look a little more uh, s- uh, smart-looking. I mean, see, you have... The wire-thin glasses and just the casual smile, um, which looks generic to me, and you know, I know that I know this kid is probably doing it because he doesn't want to get picked on, and I agree, getting picked on sucks. But if I was to give any advice to this kid, I would I would say embrace your nerdiness, and to hell with bullies. Um, let me let me put it to you this way: my brother is special needs, and I love the guy. He's a great dude. And it breaks my heart if somebody calls somebody with intellectual disability the R word, right? Um, And and the R word was not always a slur. I mean, it was used clinically. But because bullies got a hold of it, they started calling them that. And I know Special Olympics had banned the R word. That was a campaign going on for a while. And they meant well. They really did. But the thing is, even when you tap down a word, a bad word, bullies, jerks, dicks, bitches, uh, people who are just mean-spirited, they'll find ways to pick on you still. So even if you do away with the R word, unfortunately, there will be people who condescend to somebody with intellectual disabilities, somebody who will treat them like garbage and treat them less than what they actually are and so if you were to so you know with with this kid if you ban the nerdy emoticon and you're doing this as a public campaign and you got these bullies watching you they're just going to figure out another way to pick on you that's that is what I'm getting at here so um like I said if if any kid out there feels like an outcast for being nerdy don't worry about it just embrace it work hard do what you do eventually you get out of school and believe me I shouldn't be saying this because I have two young daughters in school the moment you graduate high school and go on to other things like college or trade school or a job or whatever it'll be a hell of a lot better than being sent to a government mandated place five days a week six seven eight hours a day it' Trust me, it's a lot better, a lot better. I there's a reason why I don't go to high school reunions. Okay, so I, like I said, um, Hanukkah starts Thursday, and it's a little rougher for people who are of Jewish, uh, of the Jewish faith, and with all that's going on over the Middle East, you know the uh, the the Israelis fighting with uh, Hamas, uh, and I think a lot of politicians don't want to get involved but that's the thing even when you try not to get involved you get involved uh, there's a town in Nova Scotia called uh, Moncton Moncton, I think this is how it's pronounced uh, the, the city council was going to do away with the tradition of having on the, uh, the I guess out in front of town hall both the nativity scene which is sacred to Christians and the menorah which is sacred to Jews um, and it caused outrage among the town folk and they quickly backtracked. I think the reasoning was because of all that was going on uh, with the war in the Middle East, and they just didn't want to offend some people. Well, it doesn't change. Again, you know, you banning the, uh, the nerdy emoticon, uh, banning the menorah or the nativity scene doesn't change the fact that you do have Jews and Christians in your community, and it doesn't change the fact that there are going to be people that are still going to sneer at them and try to do terrible things to either group so to honor their traditions to backtrack I'm glad they did but when bad things are going on that is not when you stop honoring tradition um, and, I, and I hope a lot of other towns kinda get that idea now in Philadelphia uh, there's a restaurant owned by uh, renowned chef Michael Solomonov. Uh, it's called Goldie, and it's a uh, Israeli falafel place. And uh, those who are sympathetic to the Palestinian cause uh, protested outside of that restaurant uh, Sunday night, uh, saying that uh, Goldie was implicit in uh, Palestinian genocide. See, uh, Michael Solon, uh, uh recently donated to some charities that were helping Israelis after the October 7th attacks. And he himself is actually, I, I believe, from what I've read, uh, sympathetic to the Palestinian plight. But he was doing this because of what Hamas did to the Israelis. As you recall, over 1,200, somewhere between 1,200 and 1,400 people were massacred October 7th. And that is basically uh, the equivalent of nine eleven for Israel. And so he's he's donating to these charities to help these families who are struggling because of that. And they see him as somebody who's supporting genocide and it's gotten to the point where you have you know these people protesting outside his restaurant shouting and chanting loudly and uh you have the governor of pennsylvania now calling it what it is anti-semitic and so in these times yeah it probably is best to keep your tradition going because if you kowtow on anything uh who you are what you believe uh, who you love. They're just going to take more and more from you. It's getting scary out there. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get violent. Uh, we go from one restaurant. And again, I uh, hope Goldie in Philadelphia does continue to do business and is successful. Uh, but we go to McDonald's now because I guess uh, they're fixing their cheeseburgers. I'm air quoting, by the way. Uh, the story is making the rounds. Uh, a lot of these new uh news outlets uh they're talking about how they're going to revamp the mcdonald's big mac and some other sandwiches they're talking about using fluffier buns uh better cheese meltier cheese uh, caramelized onions uh somehow spreading the sesame seeds on the bun is going to make it better you know they're talking about all these innovations they're doing to the big mac but one thing i noticed was lacking in the article actually adding more meat yeah, it's actually making it more meat-like, uh, because last few times I've gone to McDonald's, it's been like, uh, oh, look, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a coffee coaster with uh, secret sauce. By the way, they're going to uh, tinker with the secret sauce, too. They're not going to tinker with the meat. They're going to tinker with everything else but the burger itself. But somehow, that improves the burger. You go figure that one out. Yeah. All right, a couple quick hits on um, automobiles. In Oregon, the flying car is a go, kind of. They've done uh, this company called Switchblade, they have a flying car. They've tested it and it has taken flight. And they're hoping to get this thing mass produced soon. Thing is, uh, you might need a little financing buying it. Uh, it costs $170,000. Um, I don't know if that's the. Uh, Uh, the electric model that or not of course if it's going up in the air i hope to god it's not electric and uh finally yeah ev uh electric vehicles for those um who decide to drive electric vehicles in the midwest uh northeast this winter you know it's difficult because uh, batteries do drain in cold weather and you want to keep things warm um, I'm no auto expert, but I would think uh, trying to warm your car battery with a toaster would be a very bad idea, and that's what one guy in the Netherlands did. His car was uh, freezing, so to keep it from uh, you know, dying the battery, he tried heating his car battery with a toaster. Wouldn't you know it? The car caught on fire. Yeah. Usually when electric vehicles catch on fire, all you, all you do is put the key in the ignition, but this guy did it with a toaster. I'm not sure if this is the Netherlands or of, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Florida. With that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlibs. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.